Hello, and welcome to Middle of the Road, podcast number two. Did you just say road? Hello, <laughs> and welcome to Middle of the Road, podcast two. Staying in, staying in. <laughs> I don't know, I thought I said road. I heard a D. Okay. Uh, um, um, um. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to put an editing note in here. <laughs> All right, stop laughing. I can't. Hello, and welcome to the Middle of the Row podcast, episode number two. Today, we are going to discuss the Stephen King adaptation, Dark Tower which hit the movie theaters this weekend. But before that, we're going to try out a couple of new segments along the way. So before we start talking about anything in great detail, we're going to go around the horn and introduce you to everybody on the podcast. First, we have Ben. Ben, say hello and tell us something, the best thing you've watched in the last week. Hey there. The best thing I've watched this week is Brigsby Bear. Just a solid movie. Absolutely loved it. Lauren! Yeah? Best thing you've seen in the last week. Man, I had this whole thing going where I was going to describe long walks on the beach and picnics in the park and things I love, <laughs> but now we're not doing that kind of intro. <laughs> I guess the best thing I watched this past week was last night's Game of Thrones episode. I've been watching a lot of old TV right now, so hasn't been like too... I mean, overall, they're all great things. But I won't get into that. <laughs> John. Damn, John. Yeah. Same thing as Lauren. I've been watching a lot of, like, older TV recently. Yeah, and nothing bad, per se. But Game of Thrones, last night's Game of Thrones just, whoo! <sighs> took me for Dragons! a Dragons! Fire, 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 <laughs> fire. Oh, spoilers, by the way. There's no spoilers. That a dragon shows up in Game of Thrones? And there's a well, fire I in mean, a place that has no electricity? Well, you know. <laughs> Fuck, wheelchairs! Spoilers! <laughs> I am Zach, and the best thing I saw in the last week was the movie Lady Macbeth. And since that's going to transition us into our next segment, Stuff We've Seen... Just launch right into that. So Lady Macbeth is a, I guess you want to call it a period drama. It's an adaptation of a Russian novel. And there's not a lot to it, but I don't want to get too spoilery. It's in the tradition of some recent period films that have felt very modern and not stuffy at all. It works really, really well. Feels very modern in its telling. It stars. Let me see. Look this up. Uh, Florence Pugh. There you go. I love that Cosmo you guys are my little Jarvis. fact checkers. Yeah, it does not star Shakespearean writing, which I heard a lot of people were upset about. Yes, it's not. The only the reason it is it uses that title is because this broad is evil. It's kind of like watching. Cersei, it's it's you're like it's like watching if you like rooting for Cersei Lannister like I do, that's how I describe the movie. It's like watching <laughs> you root for this main character as she is bored and being controlled by the men in her life. I mean, men are fucking awful in this story as they should be because they are terrible, 
and it's kind of her trying to fight back against all of that and you can really root for her until you kind of can't this isn't getting a very wide release it's leaving the theaters around here this week even but when it comes out on video i would highly highly recommend you watch it it is excellent it's currently my number two movie of the year referencing back to our top five of last week's episode I also went and saw The Little Hours a, in a back-to-back double feature on Thursday. The Little Hours is another adaptation, I believe, of a book. But this is a comedy. It stars Aubrey Plaza, Alison Brie, Kate Micucci, oh, right. Dave Franco, John C. Riley, uh, yeah, Molly Fred Armisen's in it, too. Fred Armisen. It's got a whole bunch of funny people. The movie is also very, very funny. Uh, I was laughing throughout. It kind of comes off the rails a little bit for me at the end, but it is an easy, easy recommendation to watch when you get the chance to do that. Again, it's another small release, but hopefully people will be able to see it soon on demand or on Netflix or something. Something you could see right now for free on CartoonNetwork.com is the newest episode of Rick and Morty, Pickle Rick! Um, (laughs) it is the third episode of this new season and it is pretty fantastic i tweeted last night that i would have never guessed that pickle rick would have had an action scene that might have rivaled the game of thrones sequence it was just there's one there's one long extended fight cut thing in the in the episode that is really awesome and really well done i'm still giving game of thrones tops with their dragon fight burning everything alive but if you're a rick and morty fan this was my favorite episode of the three so far this season and one of my favorites ever for the show actually i also think that coda the little know how they always do the final they do the little episode after the the little bit after the credits i think that was my favorite bit they've ever done on the uh show's history to date but pickle rick i was really tempted to buy a t-shirt last night but i didn't (laughs) last thing i've been watching my wife and i watched wet hot we get it zach you have a wife yep (laughs) i have a lady friend wet hot american summer 10 years later we watched the new i guess it's the new season on netflix it's the second follow-up to the movie it is the telling of the supposed 10-year reunion that they were supposed to have at the after credit scene of the original movie. The original movie is one of my all-time favorite comedies. I thought the first day of camp epi- uh, series that came out last year really captured the spirit of the movie and was quite funny, even in its extended length. And this one is very funny as well. I will say it's the least funny of the three, but I also think that is intentional. They really focus in on some of the characters and give them a little more room to breathe, and it works really well. It's kind of touching at times. They do some great silly gags throughout. There's always going to be things to find the more you watch it that are little bits that you missed. Yeah, it's very good. Might be my least favorite of the three, but totally worth a watch if you're a Wet Hot American Summer fan. they uh, You can tell they had less time from some of the big name people than even the last show. So that's why a lot of some of the quote-unquote smaller characters are getting a lot more 
screen time and story time in this because they were the ones who were available to do it. So Paul Rudd only has a pretty minor storyline. Amy Poehler, same thing. They each only have about an, an episode's worth of material, I would say, in those two. Bradley Cooper doesn't even come on the show this time, unfortunately. Adam Scott plays Ben in the show, so I'm not complaining. More Adam Scott in my life is not necessarily a bad thing. It was sad to not have BC on display. But uh, yeah, that's stuff I've been watching. We're going to go to Ben with the stuff he's been watching as of late. I don't think I've seen it as much as Zach has recently, but I managed to write up two reviews for a website on two movies I thought were pretty great. Detroit, starring John Boyega and uh, Will Poulter. I really, really enjoyed. A lot of fun. Well, not fun, just super dark. <laughs> yeah. Love those people getting murdered by police. <laughs> Oh, no, God. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm looking at the list here and I keep going back to Brigsby Bear. Let me get that out of the way. Brigsby Bear, I cannot overstate how much I love that movie. Just so much fun. It has a very dark premise. It starts out with uh, Kyle Mooney plays a, someone who's been kidnapped as a baby, grows up with his, his captors, doesn't know anything about the real world except for this TV show that teaches him life lessons called Brigsby Bear. And it it's basically the only thing in his life he really enjoys. And once he gets rescued very early in the movie, he realizes that Brigsby Bear is not going to be finished at this point, because the show is made just for him. So he elects to make a movie. But it's just this very endearing, just lighthearted story. Despite that super dark premise, it gets really cheery really quickly. One of my favorite movies... That Greg Greg Kinnear's been in a long time. There's just this, the cast. Is so is this a Jesus movie? I think Greg no. Kinnear only does Jesus movies now. N- no, Ben, that was that, uh, that was that, that was, that was a joke. No, okay. I think good. Greg Kinnear okay. is on his like second or third Jesus movie at this point. Ben, continue. Oh, I was gonna say really? I was that went over my head. <laughs> and then let me take it back to Detroit. Detroit. It was good. I started with Detroit and finished with Brigsby Bear because Detroit kind of messed me up a little bit. It was just super dark, but it's done really well. I left the theater kind of wondering, yeah, it's based on a true story, but man, that could have been so accurate. It just left me a little concerned almost. And both both Detroit and Brigsby Bear, I have reviews written up on middleofroad.com. Check those out. And I'll finish off my little bit with, speaking of, later on we'll go to The Dark Tower, I've recently been watching another Stephen King adaptation in a TV show, The Mist. It exists, I guess. I can't really say if it's good or bad. It's just there. That's my two cents on that, at least. I think that's all I got. Okay, Lauren, you're up. I definitely don't have as much to say as you guys. Uh, I haven't seen, other than Dark Tower, I haven't seen any new releases I've been mostly, oh, besides reading uh, The Gunslinger, which I'll get into that later when we talk about Dark Tower, I've just been watching some old shows. One was Bob's Burgers, which they finally put season six and seven on Hulu. Or actually, they put all of Bob's Burgers on Hulu, but for a while, season one through five was on Netflix, and I just had to wait around till they, like, not knowing what happened in the following seasons. But they're finally all up, and I recommend them to everyone, not just people who love animation. It's a great show for everyone. Uh, just a really fun family dynamic with, oh my god, what's her name? Kristen Schaal. She does one of the voices, and 
she's my favorite and i love her for always h john benjamin who plays the can of vegetables oh, yeah. on wet hot oh. is the star of the show right? yeah it's yeah. like i went yes he is i went straight from watching like all of archer to this and it threw me mm. off so hard <laughs> <laughs> but um I've also been, I rewatched all of Broad City this week because it's coming back in September. And is it September it's, it's or the last week of, I thought it was August. Oh, I thought it was September. It's soon. That's all that matters. Yeah. It's in the near future. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just, it's one of those shows that I can always go back to. And if it's on, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never on TV. I have to put it on my iPad and when it's on my iPad, I'll watch it. <laughs> but it's like, it's just another great show. Like, oh. I don't know. I was watching. I'm just going to go on a random tangent, but it's like, what is it? Alana Glazer and uh, Abby, Abby Jacobson's yep. the names, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Abby Jacobson. She has to be one of my favorite, like practical com or like practical, com- physical comedy yes. people. She's like, anytime she has a bit that she like, she ends up rolling around on the floor. She does parkour <laughs> on a car one time. It's, it's just great. Everyone like there's stuff about it. They're potheads, so mm-hmm. if that's something you're not a fan of, but that's not well, I mean, the show. I'm, I, is that's not. Though. I'm not going to say that though, because I'm not a fan of potheads, but I love the show. So it just it doesn't get in the way of anything. It's just a great comedy all around. Bra- that's Broad, my spiel. Broad City is top three comedies on TV for me right now. I, yeah, and it just gets better as it goes on. They're apparently bleeping the word Trump every time it is spoken. <laughs> yeah, on that's the what new I heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just rewatched the episode where. Um, Oh my God! Why can't I not remember? Where uh, Hillary Clinton was on mm-hmm. it, it's like, oh no, you guys are about to get crushed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not Trump fans to say the least. Okay, I can't imagine why. John. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I get into what I've been watching, I have to dive on to something Lauren said about Bob's Burgers, which stars H. John Benjamin. This past year, or no, in 2015, <laughs> he released his first jazz album what? entitled, Well, I Should Have, subtitled, Learned How to Play Piano. <laughs> and so what it is, it's it's a full-on jazz album with actual jazz musicians playing like saxophone, bass, and drums, and then him on piano, but he doesn't know how to play piano. <laughs> and I think it's the most... <laughs> brilliant thing ever uh so yeah he's the best okay so what i've been watching game of thrones oh my gosh everyone should be watching it's great i'm going through new teacher orientation right now and with a lot of my coworkers, it's like the thing that we like have to talk to each other each monday about like regardless of what meeting we're in or whatever and so yeah, it's just, it's crazy how this series is able to, like, bring together so many different types of people and just get them to be interested in this, like, ultimately fantasy genre show. Even though, in the immortal words of Ben Wyatt, it's not a fantasy show, it tells real stories in a fantasy <laughs> setting. And that's exactly what it is. Like, it's, yeah, but uh, he also so likes good. Calzone, so who cares what his opinion is? <laughs> Fair enough. Fire. Good, good. <laughs> Good point. Touche. So yeah, Game of Thrones is amazing. I've been going back through 30 Rock, uh, just because I never finished 30 Rock, and I don't know why. So I'm starting from the beginning, and I'm just kind of trying to work my way through. First season starts out pretty rough, I think, but Boo. I think they get a handle. Like, <laughs> like, okay, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Like, the first couple episodes, I'm. it, it just seems very awkward, but then it kind of gets into its groove. And like, 
that's not like talking down about the show. Scrubs was the same way, and Scrubs is like one of my favorite shows of all time. But you can definitely tell like they were trying to kind of get their feet going or whatever. So yeah, Thirty Rock, and then also because I saw it's on Netflix, <laughs> Revolution, and Lauren's gonna like rag on me for this, but Revolution actually I think is one of the like I think it does like an apocalyptic setting better than like any other sh- like even better than The Walking Dead to a certain degree. Like, The Walking Dead just makes me feel depressed about the apocalypse happening. But, like, Revolution, like, kind of makes me, like, oh, if this happened, this would be kind of cool. And we'd all go back to, like, horses and buggies or whatever yeah, and, and farming. Yeah, and a really pretty girl. <laughs> no, okay, well, so no. It doesn't, it doesn't do the best job of presenting it. Then it just makes the apocalypse the most appealing. Which, I don't think that an apocalypse shouldn't be appealing, Yeah, it? you heard it here first. Nope. John wants the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think, I think that like little part in like which I would argue exists in everyone, which like wonders what life would be like if we had some of the amenities and some of the like things that make it our Western civilization civilized, quote unquote. Like if we had those stripped away, like what would life be like? Um, and I think it. I think this show does the best job at portraying that. Yeah. So I think like it's compelling to watch, and I think if anything, it probably suffered excuse me, being a network television show, I think actually if it had started on a platform such as Netflix, um, it could have been easily binge-watched really well. Um, J.J. Abrams put his name behind it, guys. It can't be that He bad. puts his name behind a lot of things. That... Okay, well, fair enough. Good point. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. That's stuff I've seen. Pickle Rick! <laughs> okay, let's move on to Dark Tower. Woo! Uh, We've all seen this movie, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, that's Wait, weird. we've all seen a movie and we're about to talk about it? Yeah. Huh, interesting. Well, that's new. All right. So, <laughs> before we talk really dig into all the spoilery goodness of Dark Tower, we're going to do a brief hey, what did you think about it section so you can check in on that to see if you want to check in on the movie or not. And then after that, I'll drop a spoiler warning in there, and then all what all what would be off? All rules, all spoiler rules. I don't know. But from there on, your warning has been set, and everything can be spoiled. So I'm going to start with Ben. Ben, quick thoughts. What did you think of the Dark Tower? Decent action movie. Overall, nothing really noteworthy. Just kind of there. Lauren. I will say that I saw it on Sunday and I've already, like, it's already left my mind. Like, that's how much of an impact it had on me. So, to, or like, just to summarize, no, don't see it. <laughs> John, what'd you think of the seventh movie you've seen this year? <laughs> um, seventh movie in theaters, I'll have you know. I've that's seen still more not than a lot. You're not movies. helping yourself. <laughs> Power Rangers uh, still in top seven, guys. <laughs> But not in the top six. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, I don't know. I would... Hmm. Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey are nice to look at. I would argue with Ben, it was an okay action film. I felt like the action was actually kind of lacking. Agreed. Um, so, but yeah, again, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey are pretty... You've mentioned nothing about the movie. I think that says a lot. Um, 
I guess I'm going to be the champion here. Oh my god, that's a shocker. I don't think it was a particularly <laughs> good movie. I thought it was a fine movie. I was entertained. It made sense. It made sense. The story progressed nicely. <laughs> I was, it was never dull. I could watch it. <laughs> yeah. I don't regret my viewing experience. The projector worked. I would buy it for five dollars on well, Blu-ray. Well, I'm just gonna say that's kind of like my thought too. It's like it's, I said decent, but that's not not good. Just decent. It was there. It was there. <laughs> just like the mist, it it was there. I don't know what to say about it. it just existed. Okay. Well, <laughs> that is our brief thoughts. If you still want to see the Dark Tower after that ringing endorsement from all four of us. You should go do that before you listen to the next segment, which will be spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Tower. All the spoilers, all of them. All right, I am going to open up this conversation with my biggest complaint, the thing that actually only really bothered me about the movie, and we briefly discussed this off the pod. I thought the mom was a horrible, horrible <laughs> representation and of women and a horrible character and when roland was like yeah you've got nothing here why don't you come with me at the end of the movie i was like you're right he could have said that when his mom was still not a burnt to a crisp on the floor <laughs> and it still would have applied because she was the worst and i would say Disagree. about the mom that she was a highlight because i have read one of the books i read the first book and not only was his parent his Jake's parents were non-existent in the book. There was none of this stuff about his family life. As far as they're mentioned, they're like absentee parents who are wealthy and don't care about him. But it's like, just in book one, every single time a girl is mentioned, she is either a whore, a succubus, a like uh, a cuckold, or she cuckolds her wife, or her wife, God, her husband. There aren't a lot of good examples Freudian of slip. women in the, yeah. <laughs> there aren't a lot of good examples of women in the book. So when I saw her, I was like, Oh, maybe King does like ladies. <laughs> Not saying she was a good mom because I was annoyed with her, but it was something, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, having not read the books, I can't have that upgrade, but... I will say one of my friends who has read all the books says that later on, they're like, in the whole series, there are maybe two characters that are female that are awesome, so... Hey, Lauren, Lauren, I got a question for you about that, too. Does... About the books, does... Jake, do they specifically call that the shine in the um, books as well? As far as I know, they made that up for the movie. It was not in book one. So they just wanted to like reference as many Stephen King like, things as possible. I'm just going to say it. now, <laughs> plot-wise, yeah, wait, what every the, single what thing the in the movie from? was made up as far as I know. <laughs> That's not Like it. one of my friends, the friend that I keep referencing, Hema, she's the one who's read all the books. She shout said out. the best, yeah, shout out Hema. Um, she's one person who actually listens to us, so yay! But uh, she said the best way she could describe this movie was that it was fan fiction of the series. And this, keep in mind, that's not like saying anything negative about fan fiction. She likes fan fiction, but the way to say that this is fan fiction, it's definitely a negative example. It's a very loose, loose adaptation. Okay. Well, and if I could, if I could jump in, we've also we've also seen stuff that this is supposedly supposed to also set up a TV series or whatnot, and so I think going into that that makes it an a more interesting film to see because 
uh, I was seeing it with a friend, and at the end they were like, that movie like explained nothing. And I was like, yeah, for like a fantasy type film where you would think world building would be like super important, you would think like, oh, the mythology of like Roland or yes, uh, we, can we even please Walter. get into world building? <laughs> like, keep going, but yeah. Like, them, or even what the Dark Tower actually is, or, like, when it was built, and, like, what it, like, like, you would think there would be more exposition on, like, all these different aspects, but there wasn't really a lot of that. It it was very much this, like, standalone kind of episode in a story, I guess, they wanted to tell about, hey, there's this big conflict between uh, the gunslinger Roland Idris Elba's character and uh, the man in black, uh, Matthew McConaughey character and it was really just about that kind of which i don't know again idris elba and matthew mcconaughey like to watch anything they make and they were i found them still like fairly compelling in their individual roles i hated matthew mcconaughey in this really yeah see yeah i guess i I could just be biased towards him i suppose oh no like i enjoy him generally but like this the one thing that this movie had from the books were the characters the main three characters but they weren't like a accurate representation of the characters even like in the movie or in the books the man in black i wouldn't go as far as to say as he's like a joker character like joker or riddler or any batman villain basically but he was someone who very much enjoyed what he was doing and he loved setting traps for roland and just messing with him and it was like a game to him but in this he just seemed so apathetic to everything even when he would tell people like he had this power over people where he could tell them what to do like you kill each other and everyone has to watch but even when he says it he doesn't care at all it's like so i don't i don't understand what his motive is in this movie i mean i i felt mcconaughey pulled off exactly what you were describing yeah, I would, I would agree with Zach. I, I think. No. See, let me just say, there's an example in the move or in the book where he brings someone back to life, and he's like, like just aggressively jumping over the table and laughing hysterically and all this stuff. Like he's a very, very big character, and this he is not that at all. I I kind of agree with Lauren that I just I don't really get what he was doing and why he was doing it. Like, at least Roland, it's like oh. This guy killed gunslingers, so Roland wants to kill him for revenge, as opposed to Walter's just doing stuff because he's evil, I guess. Yeah, I think it had something to do with that red demon guy at some point. Like, maybe he was trying to release him? I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know what the point of this movie was. instead Instead of explaining any of that, they just, like, show us stuff we don't really need to see like they what was that thing with pennywise they just spent that oh i think they just had random references to stuff like there was pennywise there was 1408 um but it's like that wait what was what was the pennywise reference that that carnival like a gate at a carnival or a theme park or something just over the gate it said pennywise on it so it's like it's like a carnival clowns yeah but it's like that that scene instead of talking about that it was a, a fairground, they could have just gone slightly into more like, of why the world is That is one like thing is. I kind of thought was okay with it. Like, at one point, you know... Uh, well, I'm not um, against Jake's... it. I like Oh, no, it, no, I'm just... not disagreeing with what you just said. Just, yeah. like, at one point, Jake describes, like, what a theme park was or something. Or he doesn't necessarily describe it. He's just like, that's a theme park. Because, like, I don't... 
the world, at least in book one, the world isn't really explained at all. It's but like it's a cyclical thing. So you have to wonder like how if these worlds, how they line up and if timelines are different, like maybe this place is the future of our world or something because things from our world are there. Like, so I don't know how, or maybe there's mesh, like, just how if you can bring demons to our world, maybe you can pull things from other worlds. Who knows? I don't know. Like, that's one of the things, the world building in this movie sucked so much. I don't think the movie was interested in that, though. But I wish it, it had been, because that's yeah, the more it, important, or more exciting thing. Like, it probably the, gun, the first book is the gunslinger. You follow the gunslinger. Making Jake the main character just it wasn't a good idea in my opinion. Cause then we just have to spend so much time in New York and we know that story. I don't care about that story. I want to know about the place that the gunslinger lives. And more about the man in black and all yeah. that. Yeah. I think one thing I will say, and I guess we were talking about um, sort of Zach, you mentioned this actually on the previous uh, podcast episode where we were talking about how the motif of having um, an adult supervisory, like, guardian figure, like, looking after, like, a child or, like, a vulnerable figure, that's really worked really well in the video game platforms where you see games like Resident Evil 4 or uh, The Last of Us or those kinds of games, like, really succeed and thrive. And I think Logan like, did make... that well, whereas he says it doesn't. Yeah, yep. so um, how that motif was has not translated well to film. And I guess, I don't know, it's something that I suppose, I can't, besides Logan, I can't name another film off the top of my head, but I do feel like it's very, like, tired or, like, I don't know, like, the focus on giving, like, the youth perspective or whatever and having that be um, the focal point of a narrative and the source of the tension and having this person try to, like, protect them or whatever. Um... Yeah, I don't know if Hollywood's just, like, bombing with it, or... It's like, it would work if it was, like, a movie for, like, kids. But this is a movie that's, like, what, it was PG-13, and the books are, the books are clearly adult, like, for young yeah, adults or older. Are. Oh, no, yeah. definitely older than young adult. Really? Okay, okay. So it's just, I don't, that's a weird pick to me. It's like, that's why, like, it's... It's like, you know, if they did Incredibles 2 and it was this dark and gritty, like, Watchmen style. It just doesn't make sense. I have a whole it's Incredibles like 2 plot planned out of my head that... In- <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll involve- have time for that here. <laughs> in- Mr. Incredible has to die in a sequel. He's not going to die in the real sequel, but that's where I would have gone with it. Oh, speaking of things that should have died, uh, Jake should have died. It's like, in the book... Like the this is I'm just gonna keep going off on how the characters were wrong even like the gunslinger he loves Jake in the book like he does have this guardian type role over him but at the same time he's very uh, like destination driven in the end he's going to do what is necessary to get like to his goal whatever that is and so it's like he's not someone who would have rescued Jake as much as you want him to. It's like he would have let him die to get to what he wanted. So which is, I guess they tried to mesh that in with the story because he had to save the Dark Tower for whatever reason. But it's like, it's just, oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> so I want to talk about two characters that um, I did actually appreciate. So, well, I guess I appreciate Matthew McConaughey's character, um, but we've already talked about it. One, I got to talk about the mom. I actually, I get that like her trope was like, 
kind of like cliche like she's a recently like remarried like widow or whatever who's like trying to like get her uh husband to like her like biological son like i get that's like a tired trope but i didn't think she did it that bad no i thought she really cared about her son and we're just at the point in their story where she doesn't know what to do and the fact yeah. that the fact that she actually recognized the man in black like immediately, I was like, okay, I didn't expect that. I thought it was gonna be this game. Well, yeah, for in a the bit. flashbacks we saw, you could see her like spending time with him, like explaining, like he was showing her his pictures and stuff. So it's like she did care. She might not believe what he was yeah. saying at the time, but she cared. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah. I I think yeah, she could have been done a little bit better, but I don't think anything was truly awful. Yeah. And so I thought I thought she was okay. And then also I think Idris Elba I think because the gunslinger I've read online is supposedly supposed to be sort of based on like this kind of like classic Clint Eastwood type character, right? Like even some of the like artwork for the books like portray him as like with this like likeness of Clint Eastwood. So I think it was actually kind of cool for the writers or directors or the casters or whatever to be like, hey, let's really flip this and let's cast. Um, uh, a black English actor in this role. And I think Idris Elba did an awesome job. And I think that also led to us seeing Dennis Haysbert, who most of us will know from the Allstate commercials. Oh, um, I, that's all I could think but, about whenever I saw him. <laughs> but he also, very solid actor, very underrelated, or underrelated, underrated, excuse me. He was also, he was in the first season of 24, right? Yeah, cool. yeah, he was President yeah. Palmer, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, again, I really, I admired the willingness and the, I, I don't want to say courage, but I guess past, like, to, like, stray away from that aspect of the canon or the story or whatever and cast uh, an actor that's atypical to what you would think or whatever. So. Yeah, I thought he did a great job with what was asked of him. Poor, poor decisions were made making this movie. Casting Elba was not one of them. He's just, yeah. he's a good actor, and he did really well in the role. And I wish they had given more, because his name is the Gunslinger, and he got to sling guns one time. No, 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 no. He had, like, three Yeah, the three last scene towards the end. That that's to do it. Okay, let me tell you, in the, one of the, like, I know I'm going to keep harping about the book, and I've only read one of them, so who knows what happens later. All I'm saying, like, the stuff I'm saying could be completely wrong at some point. But it's like he destroys an entire town at one point. It's like, he is more than capable of doing stuff, and I didn't feel like we got to fully feel that. He did. Like, he killed everybody in like that Hawkeye, little rat basically. place. I know, but it was to the point in the movie where I didn't care at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also... Too late, Dark Tower. I'm, I'm amazed that Zach hasn't like said that differences between books and movies aren't an issue. Because that's what he tells me every time I complain about a poor decision in a comic book movie. I, I feel like it is when you say this is based on on something because it is barely based on it thank you thank you i guess and i guess that'd be my one i would agree too when i like look at some of the comic book adaptations like in in both the dc and marvel universe actually and um i'm actually like there are things where like vast changes like civil war there is so much different from the graphic novel series to the film but I didn't really mind it, I guess, um, because it's not a direct adaptation. It's just like an inspired by story. It's like the... Whereas, so is this, though. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I would say 
Is so that's the thing. Like, how was it supposed to be? The movie. How was it marketed? The movie, though, since it was being concept like conceptualized to be a Ron Howard directed vehicle, whatever, a few years ago, it was never ever being sold as a direct adaptation of it. The movie, the books. It was always supposed to be this weird hybrid sequel continuation type thing. And I understand that might not be what the movie is or turned out to be. But I've never once anticipated it to be, well, we're going to get book one now, and then we're going to get book two in the, 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 the TV yeah. show, yeah. and then book four is the, the next movie or something like that. See, I didn't expect that either, which is why I just, I keep, I was so invested in the characters being right. Because plot-wise, I, I was fine with them going off on their own thing because I haven't read the whole story, so I wouldn't know if it was wrong, quote-unquote wrong. Now, but. to what Ben was talking about, you keep referencing the book, I would say you're, there's a little bit more validation in that this is supposed to be, I thought, a part of the continuation of that story. So your argument that a character isn't the right or same in this situation has a lot more when comparing it to a book is one thing because they are supposed to be the same characters essentially. But as John was mentioning with a a Marvel movie, the thing I give Ben trouble about is, Oh, they didn't do this this way in the, the way it was in the comic. And I'm like, well, they're not telling the same comic story. It's not the same character. It's their own. We're watching a different adaptation of it. And that's that's but where my, the difference my response, is between the two of them. But my response to that is the same thing with Lawrence. Like, if you make changes, that's fine. Just don't make bad changes. Make <laughs> changes that like are actually like make sense and you or know, serve a purpose. Exactly. Like my my two my two big ones. Like Logan, absolutely nothing like the book. There's an old man Logan book. Has almost nothing in common with it except Logan's old and kind of world weary that's it and grumpy yeah and then but that movie is amazing i love the book and i love the movie i love both of them and then the wolverine is absolutely nothing like the story but it's also just a terrible movie like the the silver samurai was just done horribly uh i couldn't even tell who that villain was supposed to be the I think it's supposed to be, um, I'm dropping her name, but she's like a Venom-based mutant. Oh, yeah. And, but in the movie, she, like, sheds her skin and is bald, and I, it made no sense to me. Uh, also, he fell in love in, like, two and a half days, which I'm, I'm usually pretty flexible with story, love stories, but that was awful. Well, okay, you have that's, to remember, sorry, though, that's just when, my... when someone's adapting something... It's, they're, they're not making it just for people that have read the previous material. They're introducing it to a new audience. Now, this is a weird situation where, like I said, this seems to be some sort of sequel to the, the existing books. But as someone who didn't read the, the, any of the books, I think I've read a few chapters of The Gunslinger at one point in my life, I thought the movie worked. It went through, was running very much through the motions... Uh, but everything was clicking for me. Every next development was, like I said, very, not necessarily predictable, but it was like, okay, yep, that, you know, very hero journey for, what's the main kid's name? 
Jake. 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 The story had forward momentum. It built up to a fun fight scene, I thought. And I really... Would I have liked to have known more about the gunslinger? Yes. <laughs> did But did what I get disappoint me? No. I, I thought it worked pretty well. I thought McConaughey wasn't the best thing ever, but he was clearly having fun, I thought. And I enjoyed I think his fun. little <laughs> bits when he went here and there and was telling people to stop breathing and... If you can catch bullets, why would you use rocks to stop them? That's it's fair. More visually appealing. I just thought. I just thought for no, it's not. But I just thought for a villain, it's like it was so long where he was built up as this invincible guy, and then like his final moment, he got killed so easily. It's like it didn't feel like that. It was an earned ending for me because I was just so bored throughout. I didn't care about these two like coming together. Because because I didn't necessarily care about the villain separately, but I don't know. You know, you know what movie he passed up to to do this, right? But he he passed up Guardians two at one point oh, to do that's his loss. Yeah, right. I was thinking, oh man, Lauren's not going to be pleased. <laughs> I don't know because I like who knows. Maybe if he had been in Guardians, he would have ruined it. You're telling me he would have done a better job than Kurt Russell? Nah. We don't know what role it was. Yes, he was going to be Kurt Russell's part. <laughs> I would have been okay with that too. Hey, uh, I haven't seen Guardians two yet. Just well, we shouldn't spoil it for anyone. Spoil okay. It. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm taking Kurt Russell over McConaughey. Oh, I was just to say to go back to what you were going or saying earlier, Hema. She said that the books, like, I'll eventually see this when I read the other ones. It's a very cyclical story. Like, these characters are going through these stories over and over again. And so I'm not exactly sure exactly what that means. So I can understand your argument that this book could work in that world. It's just, mm -hmm. I was so bored with it. Like, it was such a common revenge story. It didn't, there was nothing new to it. I didn't understand what the point of telling the story was. Yeah, so I think... I want I want to harp on both what Zach and Lauren are saying because I do think, yeah, there wasn't there was a part of me that was just like when it ended after like hearing some thoughts and reading some thoughts on the internet, I was like, this actually wasn't that bad, but then like it flowed really well. It had a better flow than some movies I've seen um, in terms of action films, um, so it had a good sense of continuity, but. I think more so than just the characters, I think the biggest problem I had was, again, the world building. I think if this is supposed to be a fantasy film, like, regardless of the fact that it's supposed to lead up into a television series, I want a sense of, like, the stakes being super high. Especially yes. if you're, like, you're saying that this tower is essentially the center of the universe. And, like, if it collapses, then, like, everything evil rushes into yeah, hell. So why aren't more universe. people concerned with it? It's like, there's just maybe one guy in this world that we know of who's like, oh, don't let the tower fall. <laughs> well, I, I, who was I guess that? I, it wasn't even Roland. It was Roland. the gunslinger, kind of. No, he, <laughs> oh, no, he, I guess he didn't, no, he didn't care about the tower, upset. that's right. Yeah, literally nobody cared about it. Yeah, it's like, there were no stakes in this movie. And can I just say that, like, the earthquakes on our earth, they were like tiny tremors. Are we supposed to be fearful for New York and the world for this? It's like, eh, is it really that bad if we have an earthquake here or there? They were like 5.6 eh, on the Richter They didn't scale. seem that bad. And like, can, <laughs> I just want to say now, can we Richter please stop Bullshit. doing movies where people come to our world and are so like overwhelmed with how awesome our food is? 
It's like, world, or Wonder Woman just did it. I don't need another movie about people not knowing what our world is, unless it's the opposite, I where Jake doesn't understand all that. Of the well, fish it's out of going water back. Humor. It's going back to the whole um, thing. It keeps going back to world building, basically. If you're going to do it, I say for this story, have Jake be in awe of the world he's going into because it's new to all of us. So we should see it through his eyes. But it's like the things he was coming across in that world he recognized, so it wasn't exciting. Yeah, and none of it really, like... I think it's very rarely done well. The only one I think off the top of my head that I really liked... uh, I think it was Winter Soldier, Cap's list of movies to see was pretty... Or his things he needed to do was pretty funny. And then Thor trying coffee I thought was really funny. But not many movies do that well. It's just like... Yeah, like like every once in a while there's a good part. Like I loved Wonder Woman trying ice cream and telling that guy he should be so proud of himself for making it. That was great. And, like, the line in this one about the hot dog, like, he's like, what did he say? Uh, what, breed hot do- what breed is yeah. this? What breed is this? But he was just, like, savages. It's like, there's good throwaway lines, but I just, it's been done so many times, just, like, everything in this movie. <laughs> I guess that is the movie's problem. It doesn't really try anything interesting other than casting Idris Elba, who, that did pan out well, actually. I God, guess. I still want him to be I- Bond. I will say I I really liked the part where he he uh, he found out like they were gonna keep him overnight in the hospital and he was like nope that won't do <laughs> here's okay. your pay for your services and he handed him like a silver coin okay I was yeah like, uh, and the when he does the when he takes the painkillers that was actually kind of funny too. yeah that was like, funny I, I could have done without his can of years. sugar though yeah it's a drug. I know, but he, you know, it was, uh. social commentary. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was annoying. I will, I will say, I feel like if anything, like if, regardless of whether you're going into this as someone who knows nothing about the Dark Tower series, or someone who's like an avid fan, I think it would be important to know, or even just like a movie watcher. If you like watching movies, I think you need to be aware that. This is a jumping point for a television series, and so I thought the TV show was of... supposed to be a prequel. Is that wrong? Um, it's gonna film. It says wait, it's a set prequel within the same continuity. Both Elba and Taylor are set to reprise their roles. Okay. Um, it's it is gonna fill in uh, elements of the back. I feel though. like all the articles I've read on all this stuff have been all over the place. Like the one we. Li- we looked at yesterday was talking about how the plot and characters were pulled directly from the gunslinger. It's like the plot, there was no similarities in the plot at all. So I don't know honestly who to trust about what's going on. Trust no one. Yeah, exactly. Well, and so Zach, what were you, were you the one who looked up stuff about uh, Stephen King and Uh, his opinions on it? No. Didn't someone, yeah. Does anyone know, did Stephen King like this movie? He promoted it, but That doesn't mean anything. All yeah, I've read is that he Jim wants Carrey the next one to be R. The last thing I the last thing I heard he liked was his the, the adaptation of it. He's really excited about that. Which in my top five. Yeah, I will uh, say as much as I did not like this movie, that doesn't mean I won't continue to see everything that is Stephen King or read everything <laughs> that is his. Exactly. Are you excited for this Castle Rock show? What? Castle Rock? the hulu show oh i don't That's... know what that is oh it's basically every stephen king story rolled into a tv show 
It's basically what the Dark Tower is supposed to be. I was going to say, apparently. I've heard that's what the Dark Tower is supposed to be. Yeah, oh, I've never even heard of this. They're making the TV show that's set in... It's like the Stephen King universe show, basically. And it's going to have, like, Andy Dufresne and Pennywise Bill's, and... Bill Skarsgård is in it, so yeah, it would be his Pennywise. Um, <sighs> Melanie Linsky is the star, I think. Oh, nice. I'll yep. have to look into this then. Am I making this up? Uh, we've, no, we've no, I'm looking at it right now. different podcasts now. Good job, Melanie Linksky. She was in Wet Hot American Summer, too. Or how, I cannot pronounce it. Oh, was she really? I'm sorry. But <laughs> she's only in a couple scenes. But it is in. committed to a 10-episode season. Well, that's normal. Yeah, this is going to be... Are they shooting it yet? Production has started in Devons, Massachusetts, as of July 2017. I don't know if they're, they're shooting it. There's a teaser out there that lists all the stuff they're planning on folding into it. Yeah, it's Dolores Caliborn. Oh my god. Claiborne. Shawshank Redemption, Dreamcatcher, Night Shift, Green Mile, Misery, Parts <laughs> of Atlantis, The Shining, Mangler, Four Past Midnight, Different Seasons, Nightmares and Dreamscapes, and The Night Flyer. I just loved your reading of Misery because it's like reading the like a color written out and it being in a different color they did not match up at well, all i really i really like misery <laughs> I, I really like that movie so yeah I, we could tell <laughs> so according to uh an article posted three days on nerdist.com shout out sponsorship um <laughs> stephen king actually uh actually liked it so quote They've done a wonderful job here telling a story that's coherent and that pulls a lot of the element of the novel and the Dark Tower. Pierce may not like it. I can't tell about that for sure because it doesn't start where the book starts. But at the same time, they'll fall right into it because they all know exactly what's going on. Um, you have to keep in mind that of all the books that I've written, the fans of the Dark Tower books are the most zealous, the most fervent fans of all. Um, Wait, so he... Which might... I don't... I don't think we we can see from experience. But he on... he liked it though. Like now I'm worried about it because he was really happy about it. And I it's don't like, know. Is that his be... secretary could have written what he just read. Yeah, because Stephen <laughs> King's gonna come out and say that movie fucking sucks right before the movie comes out. No, yeah, it's, it's it like Jim doesn't Curry matter what waited till Kick Ass Two was long out of theaters before he trashed it. He's gonna yeah. wait a while before he says anything bad about this movie. Although I guess Frank Miller didn't he say bad things about some of his movies? Uh, no, although I know Kick, Kick Ass Two. The problem was Jim Carrey. Well, that's why I, I said think. Jim Carrey. I thought I said Jim Carrey. I thought you said Miller. Sorry, my mistake. Uh, but yeah. No, Frank Miller. That was something else. Sure. I thought it was Mark Miller who did. Is it Mark? There are too the, many common names. Frank, I don't know. Frank Miller is Sin City. Mark and, Millar ah. is Kick Ass. Mark Millar. Okay. Okay, I, I was, ta was I wasn't different. talking okay. about Kickass when I said Frank Miller. I was talking about something else. Yeah. Mark Millar. The Netflix just bought his entire um, comic enterprise, and they're going to start developing a bunch of his stuff into TV shows and movies on Netflix. Okay, let's News. just get let's stop this now and get back on track, guys. We're going way out. Uh, fair, fair, <laughs> okay. fair. Let's just roll up um, what we thought about Dark Tower, like. Any final words about it? I hope it gets the TV show is a better, like more enjoyable show. Yeah, I I really wish this had gone the game the way of Game of Thrones. It's like I think it probably would have been better adapting it that way. Well, if this move if the TV show is successful, and the movie isn't, they might just 
keep it as a TV show. Yeah, but who's to say what they do with the TV show? It might not be a straight adaptation either. Well, I'm just saying they could... I don't know. We'll see what happens. You figure they'd learn from the middling stuff here to, like, actually do it more, like, in tune with the books. Or, I mean, I guess that's my hope. And who knows, uh, maybe if Westworld had been on earlier, before, like, years before this started happening, maybe they would have put more stake in it being a TV show. Zach, do you want to chime in at all during this? Go see it. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that's our resounding decision here. It's not, it's not awful. Go check it out. But is it good? <laughs> no. Okay, so I guess we're going to wrap things up. Dark Tower... I don't think we're going to be sending many people to go see that. No, the people who wanted to see it probably already saw it. So <laughs> Probably true. Probably true. Okay, well that will do it for this week of Middle of the Row podcast, episode two. I'm going to try to think of a snazzy name for it in the iTunes feed. Feel free to text me your suggestions. Does the Dark friends. Tower stand or does it crumble? <laughs> Ooh. You're just... Oh, uh, you're... I just want, for the sake of the viewership, like, the amount of, like, witty sayings that Lauren comes out with, like, astounds me. Because, like, ah, uh, I don't know. They're also, like, what was your What was your Game point. of Thrones one last night about the Stark kids? Uh, oh, it was, what was it? John has nothing. Uh, Arya has no one. Bran has nowhere. So Sansa, I guess she has no, no. no way. Just, I think oh, just, no, he has I no think, art. No, I yeah. got it wrong. See how witty I am, guys? Uh, <laughs> yeah. John has nothing. Arya has no one. Uh, Bran has no win. Sansa has nowhere, I guess. Because, like, oh, is she going to be the ruler there? No, she's not. She's just a space filler. <laughs> I think she'll be on. She'll be Queen of the North when it's all said and done. Okay. Um, I am Zach Oldenburg. You can find me at that handle on Twitter. And you can find writing by all of us sometimes on middleofrow.com. Uh, I'm Lauren Heimbaugh, soon to be McBride. I'll get to that sometime. Our middle of the Rose Twitter is just at middle of row. No the in it. We couldn't get that. Uh, and my personal Twitter handle is Beware of Trees. I'm John. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at at another Rahul J. Um, and the J is not spelled out; it's just the letter. And you can also subscribe to us on Facebook so you can get up to date uh, notifications for when we post reviews and stuff like that, whether it's TV, film, or video games. At Middle of the Row on Facebook. And f- music. You wrote a music thing. Oh yeah, that's right. I usually write up music. I haven't. I need. I need to review something music-wise soon. Uh, I heard that Pink's gonna have a new song. If you want to write that up, <laughs> I'm Ben Grigsby. Uh, my Twitter handle is Grigsby underscore Bear. Uh, remember, like the movie. Almost, yeah. Uh, man, that's that has nothing to do with my decision. I totally swear. Uh, and, <laughs> and you can uh, also. Uh, Look us up on the Middle of the Row Tumblr, which is middleofrow.tumblr.com. No, the. I kind of want to get that started as a hashtag. No, the. For us. <laughs> hashtag no, the. Just 
Just a just a cute reminder. I oh, feel like the fact awesome. that we keep saying no the is going to confuse everyone instead of had we just not said anything. <laughs> We're just going to type in middle o f t a or o f n o t h e r o. Damn it. I could not follow what you just said. Middle of no the Yeah. <laughs> And I would like to say that uh, my dog just chimed in about the Dark Tower by farting, so that's what she thinks of the <laughs> on, Dark Tower. On, on that note. <laughs> Good job, Scout. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. That was not the line. Remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. <laughs>